It's time for Talking Michigan Transportation, a podcast devoted to the conversations with people at the forefront of the ongoing mobility revolution. In the state that put the world on wheels, here's your host, MDOT Communications Director, Jeff Cranson. Welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation Podcast, and today I'm really pleased to have with me Greg Brunner, who is the Director of our Bureau of Field Services, and that means he pretty much oversees all of MDOT construction and maintenance, and uh, that includes winter maintenance, which means snow plowing. And the main reason I've asked Greg on today is to talk about uh, some contingency plans, something that he probably never anticipated when he took this job, that he'd have to plan for what if there is a, an outbreak of a pandemic and he has to scramble to find drivers to cover certain roads. So Greg, thanks for coming on and taking time to do this. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So talk first about, uh, before we get into those contingencies and the planning you're having to do, um, how you coordinate maintenance across the state because some counties, uh, in, in some counties, the state trunk lines are plowed by county contract forces and then others, MDOT has their own direct forces out there. So could you talk about that? Sure. So overall, MDOT maintains roughly 9,700 uh, lane miles of roadway throughout the state. And Again, in order to maintain that, it takes a significant effort. Um, so what we do is MDOT direct forces maintain about 25% of, of those roadway miles, and then we contract out with local agencies and municipalities to handle, for the most part, the rest of it. So MDOT has about 30 maintenance facilities around the state, and then we have contracts set up to partner with uh, 62 county road commissions and 170 municipalities around the state, which more or less we pay to uh, handle winter maintenance or other types of uh, maintenance throughout the year on certain segments of roadways. So what that comes down to is you have quite a few different parties out there um, when it comes to winter maintenance. So it's important that we keep communication as a key throughout the the whole efforts out there. And again, that's where it gets on kind of into this plan moving forward on what we can do to maintain a consistent level of service around the state. So that sets up how we do things and how things are coordinated. So, so talk now about uh, you know this once in a century pandemic and how that's had to affect your planning for going into this winter season. And uh, so far, we haven't had any major snowfall. We had a, a little bit in southeast Michigan and early on a little bit in the UP, but even it's pretty much uh, dried up there too. But we know it's coming, and uh, we know that there's that possibility that you're going to have you know, workers who are sick. So how are, how are you planning for that? Um, so what we did at MDOT is we came up with a more or less an overall contingency, winter contingency plan on how we would respond in the event that there were um, some illnesses that popped up uh, with staff in the garage or if we had to close garages or if we had to close multiple garages. And unfortunately, there's so many different variables that fall into place with um, hundreds of different garages and staff out there that um, a lot of these are high level, so we couldn't cover everything, but overall it's kind of sets the stage for a process in place that we could handle pretty much whatever's thrown at us. And overall this contingency plan kind of focuses on three different areas. Uh, number one and most importantly is just prevention, you know, anything we can do to stop people from getting sick or spreading the virus itself. Um, number two is just communication between everyone that's involved. Like I said, there's a lot of contract counties and municipalities involved in our efforts. So keeping everybody engaged as things change um, throughout the process. And kind of last is prioritization prioritization of work in the event we need to go, potentially move to a reduced level of service because like I said, if garages or others are, are not able to be out plowing snow. So again, 
that plan kind of focuses on those three key things. Um, and just to dive into a little bit more detail there, when we start talking about prevention, um, each facility has their separate COVID kind of screening in, uh, safety criteria in place, which looks at more or less operationally, how can we handle things better to keep folks safe? Um, that's everything from social distancing to temperature screening as people come into work um, and those types of things. And when we start talking about prevention itself, many would feel that, you know, being alone out in a snowplow, that's about as much social distancing as you can do, so it should be safe out there. But there are those types of interactions that happen um, within the garage um, throughout the day or work shifts, you know, prior to the shift or after where some of those interactions happen. And one of the key things that we looked at was while they're alone in the snow plows themselves, um, typically every garage has a front end loader that they load salt with out of the salt sheds where the drivers would get out of the truck, get in the loader, and then fill up their truck and then get out on the roadways plowing and salting out there. So again, this is one of the common points we looked at. We developed cleaning protocol both for that loader and um, each of the winter maintenance trucks that we have out there. And in addition to that, what some of the areas are doing is actually um, dedicating a person just to run that loader for their entire shift, uh, more or less reduce that potential interaction there to help control the spread. And again, there are other CDC screening criteria we are following, but again, anything we can do to prevent that from happening is is the best best preventative measure we can have out there. You know, what are you hearing from, I guess, the, the, the counties and cities obviously have to be thinking about the same things, um, and their roads are are uh, separate responsibilities, but obviously, you know, you, you talk to these folks and have an ongoing dialogue. So do you feel like everybody's kind of adequately preparing for the worst? A lot of that gets down to our communication, and we start talking with uh, those contract agencies. A lot of them already have these plans in place and have throughout more or less the, since COVID has kind of come on strong within the state. So many of them already have those in place as well as mutual aid agreements um, with adjacent counties or municipalities that they'd be willing to cover over there in the event these types of circumstances happen. So that's something that a lot of those folks already had in place. But I think overall what this gets down to is just um, increased communication by everybody that's involved. And that's something we've been working with, you know, the County Road Association on is and each of the counties involved in our maintenance is that we need to kind of increase things because as you know with the virus things can change quickly we can go from everybody planning to come into a shift where one person gets sick and then we potentially have to quarantine you know which has major impacts quickly so by having a lot of that communication structure in place and people aware that things may be changing you know that's that's kind of our step two and how we can respond to things i was just going to say that we don't know what uh, what this winter is going to hold in terms of traffic. I mean, you know, immediately after the outbreak in the spring, traffic was down as much as 60% across the state. Um, it gradually bounced back and was back to about 90% going into the winter. So if we assume that there's still going to be, you know, not as many people, but a lot of people on the roads, and a lot of those people are, are people that are out because they have to report to their jobs. They're the kinds of jobs that they, they can't work at home, and they're they're either first responders or medical workers or, you know, delivery trucks uh, getting food and important supplies to grocery stores. So, you know, plowing and keeping the roads clear is going to be more imperative than ever. Um, and that, that challenge is, is always there. Um, you know, we've, we've come to expect that, uh, 
you know, if it takes me 20 minutes to get someplace, that it should be that way 12 months of the year. Um, I know that puts a heavy burden on you and your forces to, to think about, but uh, how do you talk about how to keep that, that focus and, and how important it is that, that the roads are cleared? Well, when it comes down to clearing the roads in the winter, of course, safety is the department's number one priority for everybody involved. Um, and a lot of that comes down to not only with our internal folks on, you know, doing their part to help keep the roads clear, but we also remind motorists out there to follow Michigan's basic speed law, which requires them to drive as careful and prudent speed in all conditions. Um, so while the speed limit may say 70 miles an hour out there, depending on the roadway conditions, you may have to drive a little bit slower than that. So we ask them to give themselves a little bit of extra time in the winter just to be able to accommodate for some of those unknown conditions. But overall, when you start looking at our workforce, they're some of, in my opinion, they're some of the true heroes at MDOT. They're the ones that are out working in the worst of weather conditions to keep the roads safe and clear for everybody to keep, like you said, the mobility and economy economy of Michigan moving forward. Well, and that speed, you know, that's kind of where I was going with that. We know that uh, from the folks at Michigan State Police and other agencies, uh, while all the reports aren't in yet for 2020, there's there's anecdotal evidence that one of the reasons that there have been more fatalities, uh, even though there was there were fewer cars on the road, is because speeds are up and people have been driving fast, uh, starting with the spring when there weren't as many vehicles out there and, you know, the, the highways seem clear and that kind of carried over. So um, we have to hope that doesn't carry over into the winter when you really do need to slow down. So let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, other things that are new this year. There's some legislation in uh, asking us to take a look at some different things. Um, that's another perennial issue. Um, you know, is there a better way to uh, to melt the ice uh, to keep the roads clear? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Um, one of the things we're looking at is kind of a new innovation where we've partnered with the Montcalm County Road Commission to more or less test out a, a liquid mostly route. And what that means is um, when it comes down to salt usage, everybody thinks that salt's going to save the day in terms of clearing the roadways and everything out there. But we've looked at what some other states have tried and are trying to bring a best practice into Michigan where instead of strictly putting down rock salt or pre-wetted salt, we switch to more of a chloride brine that's put on the roadway directly on the roadway as a liquid. And what that does is, number one, it reduces the amount of salt usage we have, which is a significant cost savings, but again, it gets things activated a little bit quicker. Um, so again, this will be a liquid mostly route. There are certain conditions where that may not work if the temperatures get too cold, but it's something we want to pilot in Michigan to make sure it's effective. And again, it's going to be a significant cost savings and it's been proven in other states to be be an effective uh, countermeasure to snow and ice on the roadways is it is it going to save us money in the long run yep because right now um salt's coming in at about 60 dollars a ton is what we spend and we start looking at um overall as a state we utilize about a half million or half million tons of salt which is about 30 million dollars in salt we utilize every year on MDOT roadways. Um, so that's a significant cost out there. And what other states have seen by utilizing this approach is that it actually cuts that salt usage significantly, So, which in turn is a cost savings. And not only that, it's better environmentally um, just from avoiding getting that salinity into the into the grass and waterways out there. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge issue. Obviously, anything we can do to 
minimize the the amount of salt that makes its way into the waterways is a good thing. Um, talk a little bit about when salt just doesn't work because as you know that's another issue that uh, every time there's a major storm and, and the temperature gets down you know basically into the single digits uh, we see people you know spinning out losing control on roads and ramps to freeways and and the first question they always ask is why wasn't that salted and it and it probably was at one point maybe before the temperature dropped but can you talk about uh, you know what's in play there Sure. Um, so what happens with salt, salt will always um, melt ice, but as it gets down colder and colder into the low teens or below that, the, the effectiveness it has really slows down. So where it gets down to more or less less than a pound of, a pound of salt will not melt less than a pound of ice. So it's kind of a curve where it really drops down and becomes less effective as things go. Um, we do work on different types of measures where we pre-wet salt with a calcium chloride which has a lower freezing point than just standard salt. So that that aids things, but again, as we see those colder temperatures, it gets more and more difficult for folks to clear a lot of that ice and snow off the roadways. And calcium chloride, I mean, does add to the costs, doesn't it? Correct. That's a liquid additive that we pre-mix with a lot of our salt before it goes down. Um, not only does it help in those colder temperatures, but again, it avoids some of that the bounce and scatter that may happen when salt comes out the truck so that we keep more of that salt on the roadways. So in addition to, you know, that pilot plan in, in Montcalm County, and we think we'll probably yield some positive results and some innovations going forward, um, in recent years, you know, we've added more tow plows, which increases the efficiency, obviously, of, of plowing, being able to do freeways and shoulders, uh, you know, in, in, with, in, in a quicker amount of time. Um, Green lights uh, are, are more prolific now, I think, on both uh, you know local plows and on MDOT plows, and we found that that those are more effective. That people see those; those uh, you know go from the the eye to the brain more quickly, and th that's a good thing in terms of safety. Um, I mean, what what else do you think uh, we should be be looking at and recognizing as far as innovations in in recent years in in plowing and winter maintenance? Okay. Um, you know, one of the key things we're doing, in addition to those that you had mentioned, is we also have a maintenance decision support system. And what that does is we have many of our plows are upfitted with pavement temperature sensors on those. And those actually tie, using their GPS coordination, tie into a more or less overall database that gives a specific weather forecast uh, for the route that they're traveling on, as well as recommendations on where, when, and how much salt or materials should be applied or if they shouldn't be applied at that time so again it's a radar driven system that is able to predict those types of things and kind of continues to grow in knowledge moving forward so that's something that's on display at a lot of the garages as discussed prior to shifts and also is available in some of the trucks that we have out on our roadways so again from a technology standpoint that's it's getting pretty high tech in how we handle snow out there and when you get into some of our snow plows it almost looks like uh, you're in a cockpit of an engine or a jet engine. Yeah, there's a lot more going on, a lot more buttons and lights than there used to be, huh? Yep, it's quite a bit different. So, um, you know, given that we're going to be in the throes of the rebuilding Michigan plan come spring uh, and the governor's, you know, $3.5 billion commitment to, uh, you know, really make a difference and, and not just fix but replace a, a lot of freeway pavement around the state, how how do you think that factors into 
to winter maintenance this year. I mean, we'll be coming right out of uh, out of snow season and into that heavy heavy building time. Is that transition going to be particularly challenging this year? Um, well, as you know, in Michigan, the winters vary from year to year. So, assuming things, it's a short, you know, an average winter where we get done and things start to wrap up in March. Then we can kind of roll right into that construction season in in mid-April when a lot of our contractors get back to work out on some of those heavy projects in the roadways. So right now we don't anticipate it being a concern, but you know the way 2020 has been so far, we've you never know what to expect moving forward. Yeah, well. I think that uh, things are bound to be better this spring anyway as we get into the later spring, and I, I think that your folks are probably really looking forward to uh, ramping up on those projects. Well, thanks, Greg. This uh, this this was helpful. I uh, hope that uh, these contingency plans that we talked about for COVID outbreaks, uh, you know, never have to be pulled out. Well, yeah, I agree, but um, I guess I'd just like folks to know that we do have those in place in the event we need them, so we're doing as much as we can proactively. And then based on these plans we have in place, we're ready to respond and kind of do the best we can as necessary. Okay, good. Thanks again. Thanks for your time, Jeff. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks again for listening to this week's edition of Talking Michigan Transportation. And I want to give a special thanks to Corey Petey, who uh, does the sound engineering for the podcast, and to Sarah Martin uh, of MDOT, who does the show's intro and closing. That's a wrap for this edition of Talking Michigan Transportation. Check out show notes and more by subscribing on Apple Podcasts.